Roger. Yeah, I think you're pulling the wrong one. I'm just... Okay, I'm ready to pull it down now. There was still a little bit uh, left in the... Okay, don't hold it quite so tight. Okay. Welcome to the podcast. This is how it's going to start. tape.com slash rootbeer.net the sounds of root beer pepsi cola rc cola and coca-cola with today's guest ramin nazar how's it going guys is that correct sir can you please identify yourself from this current substrate we're working on that uh the previous um uh sound used to identify me earlier is correct and up to date with the current files so the current files is this has you listed as Ramin Nazar you got it uh, welcome to the podcast thanks Ramin. for having me it's a it's a big treat I've I've listened to some episodes not every episode it's okay but you know I have listened to every episode do you edit it yeah uh, yeah I do I, I used to not I used to be a very like hard, a hardcore uh what to call someone who doesn't, who's like raw, raw dog in it? Used to be a, what they call a hardline fundamentalist. 
hard line, hard line after hard line, hard line after hard line. It was like hard copy on the, what was that show called? Like the something line. Dateline meets hard copy. Hard copy. I remember hard copy from The Critic. Remember Jay Sherman, John Lovitz, The Critic. and Uh, One of my favorite shows back in the day. Yeah, I was just thinking about that the other day because I was listening. I listened to a lot of hippy dippy podcasts. They oh, talk yeah. about ayahuasca and stuff. And mm-hmm. sometimes they play songs. You came to the right place, friend. Excellent, Tarantia. <laughs> they talk about uh, the ceremony beforehand, and sometimes right. they play music. And they're like, "This, we're gonna play this song from the ayahuasca ceremony." And what will that it's, sound like? It's it's got it. It brings me back to. To the critic, because remember that episode where the girl goes on stage and goes, E P T P P P Poo and then everyone starts laughing, and then the dad stands up and says, Don't laugh at her, she's singing about all the people that died in the war. And then they go, Oh, the people that died in the war. And then she starts singing, E P Poo P Poo Poo, and then they start cracking up again. supposed to be foreign names? I guess so. And it 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 sounds just like that. The ayahuasca songs, like you hear. Here ding we go. Dong. I found it. I'm, I'm got go- one. I'm YouTube googling ayahuasca music. Here we go. I'm just click the first one just because. Yeah, because I'm feeling lucky, Google style. This is probably gonna be bad. I bet, isn't it? <laughs> That's what we're here for. As long as it's not a hang drum, I can handle it. Okay, which one's the hang drum? Hang drum. You don't know about hang drums? I guess not. I just, I just. I want to introduce you first. We're going already going down the fucking rabbit hole. Hey, just hey, uh, Matt. Are you hearing that buzz, or is that just me? Like, like sort of a buzz around the sound. Do you hear that, Ramin? So it's almost like uh, it's a bit of a buzz. Zow, zow. We're not cutting this out, it. by the way. This was not going to be cut. They're not in my head. My fa- what I should have said is we're going to cut this and then leave it in. It's the best when you hear someone <laughs> say, oh, we're going to cut this out, and then it stays in. You're not hearing that on the—it's just me. Okay. I think it's just a headphone preamp, so relax, That's everyone. okay. We'll fix it in post, as they say. Hey, Johnny. Uh, <laughs> hey, I— Hey, this is probably my favorite sound to do is the one right now. You can do it too. Ready? See how you sound. It's a little bit of a... a right little, now? Yeah, see how it's a little bit of a phase? Yeah. It's a very light phase. Yeah, it's, it's phase. It's not... It's uh, not I was about flange. to do that. Do you believe in love after love? Go and die. I used to have a version of that song I'd always sing in my head. Do you believe in love? Do you believe in sucking a dick? Probably something like that. Something <laughs> terrible. Sucking on that Why Are you saying sucking dicks is terrible? That's no, got to be the headline now. Johnny Pemberton says sucking dicks is terrible. Goes on record saying homosexuals sex is bad in the mouth <laughs> as long as it's the mouth I don't want to as long as the mouth is bad I want to introduce you properly how would you describe yourself I would describe you as an artist oh really okay yeah. I like that what do you think I, I think it's good because it's all in comp- all encompassing yeah. How do we even meet? We met years Forever ago. Forever ago in Austin, Texas. That's right. For you... Stand By, not Stand By Southwest. Stand By Me. South by Stand Southwest. Stand By Me in the West. Or, no, no, actually, I correct that. Moon I Tower? first met you at Montreal, Just for Laughs, 2011. Right. Brent Weinbach singled you out and uh, Ron Funches as, yeah, you should watch this guy and you should watch this really? guy. Really? Where? He singled us out as in what? At the New Faces thing, like, because we were uh, talking about, like, people he knew and he says, like, you, you like this guy. You like this guy, right? But you weren't. Were you there? I was unrepped. New faces. Got That's it. the one that comes in the short bus, and we have to stay in a different hotel. They really treat you differently. It's kind of funny. It's real so strange how they made a, a differentiate how they differentiate that one. New faces used to mean that's what it meant. Was like you're a new face. 
because you're a new face. So why would you be repped? The idea that, like, I, I, I got a lot of flack when I did quote-unquote new faces because my lawyer's name was listed in the section, like, the contact stuff. And I was like, you got a fucking lawyer, Pemberton? Like, <laughs> I, he, he, he did that. I didn't ask him to. And also, yeah, Who was I saying did. that? Who was giving you shit Just for it? Just like other comics and stuff. Oh, like, yeah. It's like, That's how we do, though, huh? Yeah. This, it's, comics are like the strangest thing where it's, uh, it's like, what are you doing up there, man? Come down here. Yeah. Come crabs down. in a bucket. Uh-huh. What are you doing up there, bro? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think you should stand on that step? That's the 13th step. Come down to seven. That's why you do have to maintain a little <laughs> bit of solitude. Like, it's good to have friendships. Yes. But if you're in one of those situations where you live with everyone in the same apartment complex and it's like... Uh, it becomes a all... micro world that it's like all it cares about is itself. And then you realize, oh, this is nothing. Yeah. Well, that's why that's why I wanted to have you on because you post all this stuff on your Instagram. I think it's like the draw. I love your art. Oh, thank it's you. It's so like, I don't know. It's very unique to me. I like the way it lo- I just like. <laughs> I was about to say, I like the way it looks. I like the way you move. <laughs> I like the way you move. I like the way you draw. But you always talk about a lot of stuff that's very, uh, I mean, for lack of a better word, I'll call it, well, motivational is one way to describe it. But you could also say it's, you talk about a lot of stuff that's like, deals with like transcendentalism. And um, I guess, I mean, how would you describe it? I try to be honest and uh, make stuff that, you know, when something resonates with you that day, like, oh, that's like the best idea ever, like to me right now. And you might write it down on a post-it or in a notebook and then it doesn't appeal to you like in two months or something. So I try to act on it before I think it's stupid and put it out there. And sometimes if it's, if I feel very vulnerable posting it, like when it's not a funny thing and it's kind of, it could be interpreted as cheesy. I kind of use that as a compass to say, oh, this one's probably good then. Because in That's the past, so when yeah. I'm afraid of it being cheesy, those are the ones that people resonate with, mo- with most. Right. And that's, I feel like this, yeah, it's so true. We're so, like, uh, scared to be honest about something. But that's what I like about all that stuff. Because your stuff, it is it is funny. It has, like, a sort of a playfulness to it. But also, it's like, oh, this is a little compact message. It's super interesting that is so... It's just, like, makes sense. And I used to make uh, three-panel comics, like Foxtrot, Garfield, whatever style, Dilbert style. Not Uh necessarily like those, but that style. And then when Instagram started to become popular, I kind of noticed that I shouldn't be trying to fit that into the box. The I should make something that's a square. So what if that's you did the it... multiples, though? You know, have that, you have the multiple I do sometimes, okay. and I'm, I'm working on some stuff like that. I, I think of, we all have so many ideas, you know, and yeah. you don't know where to put them, so I'm trying to always come up with, like, okay, that's a style of thing I do, whether it's a song or a image or an album or a something. Like, we all have these types of content right. that... Uh, come in different packages and I'm comfortable saying so many people nowadays are like and I don't like saying the word content and I don't like saying the word my brand I don't like saying the word <laughs> spiritual I don't like saying the word God fuck all that love God spiritual it's fine yeah like it's it's over show's over yeah you were being exposed in every direction possible it's better to come off as cheesy than I don't know be like where Louis C.K. and all of them are at right now, right. like being, I don't know why I had to go there with it, no, but I, that would suck to be one of those Like people. be someone who is hiding something or trying to present themselves in a way that's, uh, oh, I, I think I know what you're saying. I, I can't try to think how to, to describe it, but yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, it's too, it's too late. 
it's already yeah and i'm not judging those uh people and i'm also not being light towards whatever the victims and stuff but i right. i i like to see what's going on in in people's heads why or in their whole being why what led to that behavior why are you behaving like that let's be honest how do you how did you get into all that stuff cuz you're so into it it's like to art what well, art but like the specifically all the stuff you post that's motivational and talks about like uh like um how you think like i feel like a lot of stuff you po- post is stuff that I would read uh, in something like, you know, like guy Gary Vandercheck. Oh, yeah, Gary V. He's fucking awesome. This is the Gary V. You should have Gary V on here. I you, would love to have him. I, I ran into him outside of the Mosaic uh, corporate office on a day where I was like, you know how our careers are sometimes, maybe not our, but, you know, in general, like careers right. are like ups and downs. And I was going through like a down. I'm like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to make rent this month. Man, right. What am I doing? I'm stupid. And then I saw him outside of it with, with D-Rock and those other people. And I, I saw it as an omen. Like I saw Gary V on that down day and said hi to him and shook, shook his hand. Was he every- cool? Oh, yeah, super cool. He's, He's exactly like in the videos. Everything he does is documented other than, like, his sex life, his sleeping, and right. his kids, I guess, right? He's like he's like Tony Robbins who curses more and is, like, to the point a bit. That's what I would describe him as, right? Yeah. He's just so aggressive. Like, you, you, no, you need to stop and stop. No, no. If Do you love your parents? You do, right? If you do, you can't work for them anymore. You have to go right now and stop that because you don't want to be there. If you're going to be there 20, 20, 30, he talks so fucking fast. Yeah. 20, 30, 40 years down the road, you're going to be there and you'll be like, oh, you can't go back to that thing where you are right now. Where you are is the place you are wanting, going to want to be if you didn't do it now. So do it. Just fucking do it. Just fucking yeah. say, fuck this motherfucking bullshit. And then they go, you're right. He's like, I know I'm right. And, I'm right. Yeah, I'm all right. And uh, I think, I mean, he says so himself, the only message he preaches is self-awareness. Yeah. And that doesn't mean narcissism. It means full awareness of your actions and whether they're behooving you or hurting you and yeah. everyone around you. And I think we all need self-awareness because we have so many habits that you don't realize till you do ayahuasca or someone in your family dies or something that you realize like, oh, wow, why was I doing that for that long? Like I was. Did really- you have something like that happened? With you? Not like a overnight sort of thing. I mm-hmm. think mine are gradual. I think some of it, especially me being more motivational, philosophical, as opposed to trying to get a new Conan set or a yeah. Netflix special and just, <laughs> you know, doing dick jokes and being like, I'm the best comic. No, I'm the best. Instead of doing that, I think a lot of it was helped grown by moving here to Los right. Angeles from Austin. from Austin because you, and whether you're in Austin or whatever, Chicago or mm-hmm. Seattle or Portland, you can become a big fish in that ecosystem. Oh, yeah. And it's so easy because it's there's not as much competition. It's like in, I don't know, Hawaii versus the Amazon. Like nothing's, yeah. there's no, you, you can just grow. Like people call, you want to do a set here, you can be at the top of your game and still just, there, there's too much going on. So I had to face that, I guess, myself. Like I, I'd been so used to doing well in career and in uh, yeah, and financially too, and mm-hmm. I was like, no, this is easy. I figured out life. Now I move to Los Angeles and just do what I did there, and then it happens. And I, and I realize, oh wow, this is harder than yeah. than I thought, and not in a bitter way. So I ended up having to write a lot of that stuff on my wall, like to remember, you know. To and stay, then it uh, became comic positive. form, yeah. And I decided to make it into an image because. Words alone sometimes just blend into your wall, like yeah. like it becomes something that you buy at Target and it has no juice to it anymore. Talk so. like love, life, picnic. Yeah. 
Live, love, flow. Live. Uh. <laughs> Some of those things are terrifying to me. I want to make a new version of them. This Why are they terrifying? Like, because there's something they take up so much space, and clearly a person has spent a lot of time to craft this item, and it's so innocuous. It's almost like a fucking like a weird sort of consumeristic, uh, like a chant or like a spell. Yeah. You know what I mean, because like, like. A day at the beach, a burnt nose and sandy feet means a day at the beach and daddy's heart. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Am I alive? I feel like I'm fucking dead. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, if you if you look up and you look down, you're, where you are is all around. It's like, <gasps> yeah. the doors won't open. No, that's fine. Those are just the doors. So does it does it uh, bother you the whole we're all one thing and does that get get too heavy for you? Or I mean, you it doesn't like get, it? I don't, that doesn't bother me. What bothers me is sort of what I feel like is sort of a... An insincere uh, version of it that's just there for the purposes of decoration, like a decorative version of it. Yeah. Or an insincere version of it where there's nothing behind it. It's like just saying it when you're not actually uh, feeling that way or living that way. It's it, kind of like— Isn't it strange when people become that? Like we just brought up Gary Vaynerchuk, yeah. and he can become that. Like So he, he, is, he is like a poster that you get tired of, and everyone has the potential to become that. It's like you figure it out. It's like, oh, I'll just listen to Gary V videos and be motivated. I'll just listen to Tony Robbins. I'll listen yeah. to Brene Brown. I'll listen to Mel Robbins, whatever, like ad infinitum. Is that how you use that term? Whatever, I'm using I it like this way. I like the way you said it. I yeah, thought I would... it's, and then it just blends into part of your wall, and then yeah. you find a new thing. You find Ram Dass, you find Duncan Trussell, you find something, uh-huh. and then they find a new way to articulate those truths that deep down you know, because otherwise they wouldn't be truths. Like, you know that Terrence McKenna, another dude, saying uh, mm-hmm. uh, that the... You know, truth is incorruptible, and if the truth can be communicated in a way in which it can be understood, it will be believed. That's what right. a truth is. So it's like— I've never heard that before. That's a Terrence McKenna quote? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Got to do a lot of psilocybin to get to that quote. Oh, yeah, I'm full of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> five grams in—oh, that's a terrible McKenna—in silent darkness. Five, five grams in silent darkness. A candle that looks like a penis <laughs> that we've seen. And it is a penis. It is a penis. <laughs> in Ecuador, the shaman finds a way to understand the place that you're inside of. There's nothing that the candle penis can't melt. This is ayahuasca. (laughs) And Heidegger, I'm quoting Heidegger again, talks about the felt presence of immediate experience. And what is the felt presence of immediate experience? What is it? It's being here now. Oh, much like Ram Dass. And so I look at my, I look at Tim, and I look at myself, and I go far out, and he looks at me, and he goes far out, and we look at each other, and we go far out, and we take off our clothes, and we look down at each other's genitals, and we think far out, and then old Ram Dass is all, Maharaji says that suffering is grist for the mill. I do like grist for the mill quite a bit. Grist for the mill. I think that idea of grist for mill is probably... For me, grist for the mill is the most resonant and saving of all the sayings because it's something where it's like... It's just so easy to throw that out there. Just be like, oh, this is like... I don't know. It's like a credit card. Like when you suffer, it's like something else is borrowing from from you and it has to pay it back with interest later. Uh So the way I see it, there's two things. There's... 
I mean, there's more than two things, but there's two things that if you had to keep two of them in your pocket to look at, it's uh, thoughts are causative. So your thoughts are the root of all other things that happen in, in your world. And That's a good one. And if you suffer, then if you screw it up, you cause some bad thoughts. Great. Suffering is grist for the mill. That mm-hmm. means you got some grist for that mill that's yeah. going to generate energy. So either way, you win. Either if you suffer, like that uh, Neem Karoli Baba guy said when back to the Ram Dass that's stories. That's a little bald, fa- a little bald, that bald, little bald, fat bald guy. Fat fuck who a little sucks. Fat fucker. You suck on his toes. You go to India and you suck on his fat toes and right, sixties. Welcome to fucking Neem Curly Bob and Trash Talk. This old little fat fucking roly poly motherfucker wearing a blanket around. Dirty Can't ass even blanket. sit up straight. Blanket smells. Bed is stupid. Uh, face is dumb. Name- <laughs> his name sounds like some Indian guy. His name sounds like a, some sort of a fucking fruit platter mixed with beef. Uh, no thank you. No. Thank you. Of the neem uh, curly baba with the almond milk. I'll have the curly baba. Uh, oh my god, is this, is this uh, has this been filtered? Okay. Oh, it comes. That's what it means. It means unfiltered. Yeah. It means it's got chunks of like of protein wax in the bottom. <laughs> Pea protein. Pea protein. Pea. It's got. How did you get into bag. all this stuff? Because I, from from the outset, yeah. I've always seen you as someone who does well and gets to do projects that are creatively fulfilling. Right. Not that everyone is maximum creatively fulfilling, but totally. you get to play with the outskirts. I mean, look at this. Who's doing this right now? Doing what? There's this style of podcast. Nobody. You're crazy. But, uh, what's yeah. wrong with you? What's I mean, wrong with you? What's wrong with Duncan? And what's wrong with Doug Pound? What's Something's- wrong with me is I get so fucking bored almost all the time that my boredom very quickly transmutes into uh, bad stuff. Like Existential, get, what's the point? What's the point? Or more just like negativity or like uh, depression. Yeah. Anything like that. I just get so so quickly, uh, so quick to be, I guess the thing for me, I don't know, I think it's a lot of things, I guess, but I think I got into it, got into like, well, just for the, for the sake of talking about, we'll call it um, uh, hippy-dippy spiritualism or uh-huh. something like that. I got into that because I felt like uh, other stuff there was sort of a dead end. Like I just didn't see. Like he saw through it. Like, like oh, this is this is this doesn't make any sense. Or oh, I'm not satisfied with uh, with like what is supposed to. I'm supposed to want. I, here, here's what it is. I think. I think I grew up in a super consumeristic family. And uh, were like you my, from Minnesota? Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. And you know, my dad was a doctor, so he made a good a lot of money. And it was a small town, so it wasn't like I was in like some sort of fast time New York shit. So it wasn't like that. But it was like that combined with like my mom being like kind of a, you know, just real, like there's certain something about baby boomers that I've recognized that they want the fucking the good experience. They want the free shipping. They want like they want the the nice consumeristic things. There's something like about that generation. It's not obviously not all of them, but there's so many baby boomers you find like have that sort of thing where they won't let go of the they won't take a step backward from uh status achieved or money achieved and they won't they want like the they want the premium experience yeah it does it for them yeah it doesn't do it for us because we were brought up with tv and the early phases of the internet and had this opportunity to get jaded faster because of just consuming all that stuff and And i just had a lot of i got to experience so much like really nice stuff like traveling with my dad, like in business class or like stuff like that, you know, as a kid, which was wonderful. And the, the side effect was I did get to go to a lot of places and meet a lot of people. So I did have like a, I think it would be hard for me to be 
like a racist person because of that or have like you know what I mean if if you if you travel at a certain age there's like a I don't know there's some so, sociological or some sort of thing that basically says that if if you travel kids enough at a young age they it just blows their mind open and they can't ever become a truly terrible, like fear-based, ignorant kind of like, who is that? Who are you? Yeah. Get out of here. That kind of thing goes away because you see so many different people that you're like, wait a second, why is that guy that way? It's like, oh, this is this is a different place and people are different. Was that intentional? Was your father like, no son of mine is going to grow up to be a no, racist like me? I don't think so. I think it was just an accident. And it's like a thing you just can't help it. Like if you travel around as a lot and if you're not like a – you know, if you're reasonably intelligent, you're going to, like, just see enough stuff to where uh, you're going to realize, oh, wow, this is – I guess it just expands your worldview. That's what it does. Yeah. If, you, if you get your worldview expanded at a young enough age, it's never going to shrink down that much unless you have some sort of really bad stuff happen to you that warps. Like, if you get, like, molested, you could probably, like, shrink back to hating and fe- being living in fear. Yeah, the but, worst is if you get molested and don't travel. Yeah, that's how you create a fucking rapist. Like, a uh-huh. fucking child rapist or <laughs> some sort of... That's how you create a demon. That's like a demon facility. Like, how do you make a demon? Well, just keep someone in the same small podunk, 16-block radius, and then just hurt them. Have people they love hurt them and don't leave that area. It's like, oh, we, we've just successfully bred a demon that will cause that whatever they've done that's so all their negativity their darkness will will spread like a fucking like a cancer to other people yeah. if you let it isn't that like all child molesters have a history of uh, abuse Almost or something like that do. all but like two like two self-grown yeah. on the natch yeah, kind of one. I'm actually an, I'm a natural traveler. <laughs> yeah, I was not. No, I actually grew up in a uh, upper middle class home in um, in northern Michigan. My parents were university professors, and I was, uh, yeah, I've done it all by myself. That's I, kind of, <laughs> isn't that like Jim Norton? But he's not a child molester, but he's very perverted, but has like the most ordinary parents in the world. And he's like, I don't I don't know where it comes from. I think it comes from that. You know all those stories about yeah. like Monster Rain and Kiss. Uh, his fantasy of Kiss throwing him down the stairs and beating the shit out of him. Yeah. Oh, because he's obsessed with Kiss. He has a story of his fantasy growing up. Who's Monster Rain? Uh, Monster Rain is a, uh, there's a whole Jim Norton album okay. about it, but Monster Rain is when him and his friend, when they were nine or ten years old, would shout out Monster Rain when it rained, right. and then they'd go under uh, some bushes and then blow each other. Are you serious? Yeah. I didn't know that and about like, him. It's like, what's the connection? He's like, I don't know what the connection is. It's just a thing we did. And well, then and he's not gay, is he? No. It was just sort of like a weird like a childhood experimentation. Yeah. That's but it, it gets strange because he had an imaginary friend named... Also named Jimmy, right. who was exactly like him, but he wore a cape and he hated Jim Norton. How old was he then? Like, was... In, like under 10. Okay. And the Kiss young. fantasy was when the band Kiss would hurl him down the stairs, beat the shit out of him, and then hold him and care for him and tell him he was a good boy. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's so strange, and he doesn't have any supposed history of abuse. But I don't know. You can go down that rabbit hole. I'm sure there's more. I just went through a month of like this guy is this guy's fascinating, and he's I just had no so, idea. I had no idea he was. He's like so that. funny on those old Opie and Anthony's. You know those. Like, I haven't heard that. You haven't heard those. No, I mean I'm sure he's. Fu- I used to watch him on Tough Crowd. Like I was like you know t- almost 15, maybe 16 years yeah, ago. Yeah, I went. I went through a little YouTube journey mm-hmm. back to Tough Crowd. I forgot that all comics back then, like, it, they dressed, like, so terribly, like, bowling yeah. shirts, and there was food on that show. They're, like, they're eating, like, handfuls of nuts. They were eating a, food on that show? Yeah, it's really I awful. That. 
Jesus just that Christ. that style of Comedy Central back before there was, uh, you know, trying to push for more like feminine voices yeah. or diverse voices where it was just, I mean, I love Tough Crowd and The Man Show and all right. that stuff, but it's just funny going back and looking at it, like how it couldn't fly today. It wouldn't. Yeah. But, but probably what's flying today won't fly in 15 years either. Uh-uh, so that's how it thing. goes. Just by nature of it existing. Yeah. Like, I think novelty is just whatever hasn't shown up to the party yet. Like, anything that hasn't been right. done yet is what's going to be. Or hasn't shown up to the party in a, recently. Yeah. Because everything, the party's always been going on, right? Oh, yeah. Endless and the, vortex repeating. The same people repeating. have always been there. It's just, oh, who haven't we seen in a while? Oh, we haven't seen you. You're back. And then, okay, we're kind of tired of you now. Yeah. <laughs> Speed the music up. Slow the music down. Do you think... Uh, this, the thought just came to me. I don't want this to be an all Louis C.K. episode, but whatever. I'm going with it. You know how yeah. people that, like, because he went and did a set at the Comedy Cellar right. and people got uh, mad at it? Do you I think they'd be mad if he— Some people got mad at it. Or everyone got mad at it? I don't think everyone did. Or whatever. Just some people. Some people. As, what a, if he decided— A non-quantifiable number of people were felt a certain way about something that happened that— N. That yeah, we'll call the like, variable N. Yeah. <laughs> uh, got uh, mad at him. What if instead of coming back and doing stand-up, he did Steve Martin style and just wanted to play banjo? Do you think there would be a backlash? If it's like Jesus he's, Christ. we're not going to listen to him play banjo after what? Well, I think he did. that no matter what he did, there would be some sort of a backlash. Yeah. Just because there's nothing people love more than a backlash, mm-hmm. especially if you get to initiate it. You could be like, I have a feeling about this. You yeah. Know? It's like oh, there's so much things now that are. That are just—it's like people get a chance to, to feel something that they can like. I can say something about this, and especially person. because when you're saying it on a social media platform, uh-huh. you're not at your best state when you're looking at the screen. You're obviously procrastinating something that you'd rather be working on. You're not Probably. at the beach. You're not with friends. <laughs> you're yeah. You're like well, Wait, you're at your worst what? state when you're on yeah. there. I think I think most of the time, yeah, it's probably yeah. like a ninety percent thing. And I don't even have haters. I don't even have any. I'm not at the size or do anything really to facilitate haterism. Do you have haters? I've had some haters, but if I have had them, I I like to do this thing where I just contact them directly and say, "Hey, what's going on?" That's what I'll say. I say, "Hey, are you okay? How's it going?" Let's sit down. That's all I'll say. And usually, almost always, they'll just say, oh, hey, dude, sorry about that. I just was in a, I was pissed off and I thought this, like, oh, you realize what I was saying had nothing to do with this thing you're thinking or like, oh, yeah, dude, sorry, sorry, fucking, uh, dude, I'll delete it. I'm, it's always the same thing because it's always, and I can, most of the time, you can tell when someone's lashing out. Sometimes you can tell when someone's just fucking, I mean, it's always the same thing. It's always like the person is hates, is angry at themselves, so they want to be, want to be punished in a way. Like what you were saying about that, about that Jim Norton shit. I was watching this documentary last night about uh, hometown hauntings, like people who set up like a haunted okay. house in their home. There's this one I can't remember where it's where it is or what it's called. Wait, they um, set it up in their home. They set it up in their home, like like a haunted house, basically. Like it's called a haunt or a home haunt. You mean like a like a, a performance thing, or they're looking for ghosts? No, it's a haunted house. Like visitors come and they get scared because they set up a haunted house. Oh, okay. You know haunted house? Like you oh go, yeah, during Halloween and yeah, stuff, right? It's like that, but these are people doing it on their own, like in their front yard or in their backyard or their driveway kind of shit. And they spend all of their time, all of their money to do this shit. And it's like uh, a big deal. But this is one guy, I think, I'm not sure where he is, somewhere in California, I think. He does this shit where it's like 
he basically tortures people and they sign up for it. He interviews them on Skype and makes them sign all this stuff, sign off on it. He doesn't, he doesn't, it's not sexual. And he doesn't curse them or anything. He just does all these weird things like they're, it's legitimately torture, like making them stick their face in a toilet that's splashing out uh, bugs and shit Ugh. and making them vomit and feeding them their own vomit again or blindfolding them and putting them in some sort of chamber that they feel like they're getting waterboarded. Like stuff where he films it all and he's got like this this real sort of like I don't know it's a definitely a kind of S&M kind of thing but people I mean it's so complicated some of these things people fucking li- and line up for it they are on waiting list for a year to get to this experience where they basically get fully humiliated and have like have to eat their own vomit it's terrible it's like this he's torturing them but they fucking they want it so bad that's so it's funny. so weird to me it's just, but it makes sense too it's also like of course they do because people just want to have some sort of authentic experience that feels like they're on the fucking edge it's basically like while those mormon dudes are super into like motocross and uh um like parasailing. All I didn't those, know that even. A lot of a lot of the best like extreme sports athletes are Mormons. Really? Because like you're not into drugs, so what you do is you get into this fucking high end, scary ass shit where you're sky surfing and snow That's blasting. Funny. Every Mormon I've ever met is absolutely delightful. Oh my god! And yeah. there's like I know there's that suspicion within you. It's like what are you hiding? Yeah. You're Mitt Romney. But like they're. They just don't drink caffeine or alcohol, and they're just generally friendly and have energy. And yeah. It's, it's man. That's that weird thing where you're—it's like some sort of community connection crap, I think is what it is. But I guess it's—because I'm thinking about that, like what you said earlier about the whole, um, like how Norton wanted that thing. I don't know. I guess it just makes me think about the—all the stuff we talked about is how people—so many, so many people now are craving, like— you want to be – so it's like you want to be punished. Yeah. You want like to be – or you want to punish someone and you want to be punished or something like that. You want to have like this thing that's very visceral because there's nothing visceral about anything that's – anything on the internet or any sort of social media thing. It's like the opposite. There's no visceral feeling whatsoever. Have like, you – did no you pain. happen to check out that Joe Rogan episode with uh, Chuck Palahniuk? Did you happen to oh, catch no. any of that? No, I haven't. So, you know, Chuck Palahniuk. Yeah, the, the writer. Chuck from Fight Club Palahniuk? and Choke. Palahniuk. There yeah. we go. I can never say it right. But, yeah, he, he had just a great little thing. I'm, I'm trying to sum it up so that we could – Put it. I don't know. Maybe people should just go listen to that episode. But just so good at articulating coming full circle with abuse in your childhood through writing. Through he shares writing so that other people, in exposing them to that darkness, they feel courage to then tell other people about their. Like one example in particular was uh, some some girl had uh, some girl this summer was. Being was sick and her mother gave her this summer. Aunt Anne is sick and her mother gave her something, uh, a blanket, which uh, was a heating and vibrating blanket. It was a heating and vibrating blanket. And she fell asleep and woke up to the blanket having shifted down to her body, which was giving her a sexual type of pleasure for the first time in her life. And she was 61 years aged. <laughs> and she was so delighted that uh, she had to show the other girls in her Girl Scout troop 
this trick she had found. And, uh... This, this is a hang drum, by the way. Oh, okay. It's like a steel drum, right? But it's a fucking propane tank that's been modified to have notes. It's like a steel drum, huh? Sort of like a steel drum. Okay, it's I like It's like a steel it. drum, but you play with your hands and you have to be white. Oh, I want to be white and play that. I think I kind of have. I've only seen white guys play it with dread bags on. <laughs> well, I could, I could do it. I think uh, Persians are the white people of uh, the Middle East. Is that true? Yeah. yeah, you know how there's. Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> there's, you know, uh, Japanese are the white people of, of Asia, and Persians, Persians are, the are the white people of, of brown people. We're the white people of America. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Johnny Pemberton, and this is the white people of America. Thank Plus, you for having me. That's uh, like such a, just the fact they even said that, it's like, I'm probably been labeled <laughs> the white people of America. It just sounds bad. It sounds like a, a nationalist thing. I was listening to uh, the Nick Kroll episode, right. and you were talking about 23andMe and how you were afraid of— Yes, I'm of, afraid of finding out the, just how banal my history actually is. You have a very royal-sounding name, Sir Pemberton. It's Duke very royal. Pemberton. It's very royal. I would say it's quite—it's quite—the it's, it's quite, name is quite something you'd hear. Someone talking like this, <laughs> here we are for 15 years. We've lived here in Kensington and find it quite agreeable for 12 generations back to 1359 under King George II there was difficulty and uprising yeah, we had to put them down the rebels were coming up the hill with pitchforks and we've bought them off and since then we've had no troubles in these parts so we don't we're looking to not have them anymore I say I'm a poor British person who snuck on to the proper Ian's trying to steal some tea right well would you like some tea sir is that what you've come here for have you come to work in the gardens I've come to steal your tea using my street smarts of a British well go ahead have all the tea you want I have it delivered from the Duke of Catch the sire, so we have all the tea you can drink in China. But it comes by a boat, sir. Would you care to be an operative sloop? <laughs> no, I've only operated small trolleys, right? <laughs> well, I think you'll be just fine here at the manor. Would you like employment? Is that what you seek? Do you have a family? Do you have mouths to feed, sir? Speak up. Only, Say your name. Only this one mouth here, my lord. That's fine. Well, you do understand if you are employed by the manor, you must stay celibate and manor take a wife as you are living in the manor. We have several places for you to stay here. Go speak to my man Godfrey in the kitchen and he will sort you out, I say. Now, be gone with you. All right. Uh, it's a cup of be gone, tea. I say. All right, all right, all right. Take some tea and have it, uh, have it out here on the moor. <laughs> Get out of here, boy. <laughs> uh, it's so much funner being British and royal and poor. I would love to be that. Either one of the, I'd take either one. I'd take the poor and the, oh, sir, oh, I haven't got anything at all here. <laughs> We're just trying to find a place to sit down and we'll have the rock stolen from under our feet. <laughs> what were you saying about Chuck Palahniuk, though? What were you saying about Because he was abused? Uh, I don't remember if he said anything about abuse, but yeah. he would, he would, when he does readings, he described telling a, a story that was disturbing. And then one lady in the audience came up to him and described the story of yeah. her, her, uh, her abuse from her mother who walked in on her masturbating and then she beat the shit out of her. God. And then from that, that point over, she couldn't have an orgasm. And before she would have oh. an orgasm using this electric blanket thing. So sad. And because of Chuck Poloniak saying that story, she says, now because you told that story, I feel like I have the courage 
to, you know, confront my mother about right. it. So now she can go, hey, mom, remember that electric blanket we have? And then Chuck Palahniuk says, and now the story can be complete. Oh, cool. Like talks about just coming full circle. Yeah. And uh, it. I think the people that are looking for a very specific type of abuse, not that I'm a social psychologist or right. anything, but I feel like it must stem from earlier in your development oh, yeah. and you're trying to revisit that and hit that receptor and and figure out what it is and reconcile with it or maybe it's just a fun time i don't know I'm so not what's that. your darkness remain what's my darkness you gotta have some right isn't that because that's, i guess that's what i'm getting at is i feel like everyone i know who's really keyed into like stuff that like that you like to talk about and just uh people that everyone i know and people even i just i know of and i'm not friends with who like are really interested in stuff like that it always is a thing where it's always people who could just as easily uh, be very dark. Yeah, so you have to like. I will say I'm careful. not I'm not suicidal, but I am one of those people that when you hear about a suicide, I'm not like I don't understand how anyone could. Do- I'm Jim Gaffigan now. I don't understand yeah. how anyone could do that. Right. Uh, but it's opposite, and like, I don't oh, yeah, I don't feel like I have the hanging myself. In me, I have the dark places where I'm just nothing has a point to it anymore. Right. Not even TV, not even sweets. Like just something in the the receptors just aren't going off anymore. Yeah. And so I have to be very. I've I've helped it a lot through figuring out my mornings. Like I've I've figured out you don't just wake up and check your email and do whatever you have what to do. What do you have, do? I wake up. I drink a glass of water with lemon, and then I shower. Uh-huh. Then. I do a yoga practice. I pull out the yoga mat, pull on a YouTube with cold chants, do a 10, 12-minute yoga. I do a kettlebell workout, one which is light. Then I do a more heavy kettlebell workout. This is before you, after you shower. Yeah. Or no, sorry, shower comes after. It depends what, those ones kind of move around. Dude, what the fuck? You shower before this? (laughs) Sometimes, actually, Uh because who cares? I'm home most of the day. And then I do a 15-minute meditation in the uh-huh. same spot every day with a mindfold. You know that thing that Alex Gray invented? No. Where you can, you can keep your this. eyes open, but it's pure dark. So it's not like a blindfold where your oh, eyes are closed. It's like it's, two like, cups that are yeah. soft. So you can... Okay. It's really fun because it's, like a, it's little, a different feeling. because it, it called? The mindfold? Mindfold. Like okay. blindfold, but with mind. Man, I need to get this. So after that meditation, which oh, I found doing... cheap. It, yeah, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. It's. I, I found that doing the meditation in the morning helps with your natural breathing because yeah. we forget how to breathe right. Like when you're a baby, you know how to breathe through, like you know your your belly yeah. and your diaphragm. As we get older, we're kind of like this. For chest breathing. We, yeah, we just suck at it. We naturally are just sucking at it. But if you set that, we're creatures of habit too. So if you right. set that habit in the morning of breathing correctly throughout the rest of the day, you'll find you're more calm. Little stuff like traffic or just mm-hmm. something that happened in your life that was unexpected tends to bother you less. So every morning, how long does this take you? Hour. One I think hour. that all that stuff is like an hour before I'm like, then then I go to the computer. Then I, so then I post my up? thing. Nine. Nine. 9.30. Okay. Then yeah, I'm not I'm not Jocko Willink or anything. That guy that wakes up at four in the morning. People, and, the, the whole waking up. I went down a little YouTube hole of the whole like, you gotta wake up at five thirty to have an edge. It's like you gotta wake up at five. And as I see someone like, I wake up at four. It's like at what point are you 
you're waking up the day before. Yeah. Like, you, you gotta fucking sleep, bro. That's how I see it, because people that say you, you go gotta wake up at 4.30, it's like, well, you're going to bed at 9.30, I'm up at 2 a.m., thus, yeah. if you're looking at it from a competition standpoint, my army would be able to kill your army at, <laughs> at 2 in the morning when you're right. getting ready for battle the next day. Right. I already have the edge, because I'm, yeah. like, if the world ended, uh, like, Tomorrow at 3 a.m., I would have had more stuff done for yes. whatever future computer alien it's thing. It's such to a come strange thing. I remember I used to be very competitive like that with like a friend. I wanted like, what time did you get up? It's like I would always feel bad because I was getting up later than him. But then it's like, fast forward, that person has a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> they have like they're overweight and have like a sh- like almost like diabetic kind of thing. I'm like, you know. I don't know. It's like a thing. Why do you say overweight and diabetic instead of they're fat and sick? <laughs> well, I don't think he's diabetic. I think it's more just, it's like pre-diabetes. Uh, like you, pre-abetic. You know, you know someone like, oh, man, dude, you, you got to not be that way. But I don't want to be didactic and say, hey, you shouldn't eat that right now. Really, I can tell you're nervous. I can tell you're stressed. That's the thing that gets me, too, is when you have someone you, like, you're really good friends with, or maybe they're an old friend, and you just see them. And they like, because there's so much stigma with stuff like that we're talking about. This like people don't want to be like, oh yeah, you don't want to care for yourself or try to do something that's a little bit, a little bit hippy dippy. That's where I like Los Angeles, and uh, you know how there's always maybe it's faded a little bit, yeah. but in the past there's been a kind of dichotomy of New York and you oh, know totally. East Coast, West Coast, and and West Coast is more about. Uh, focusing on making yourself on better. being chill. And then New York is about your craft, or I guess, the craftsman, Craft. starring you, Brendan, yes, and, the craftsman. and Duncan, maybe. And I find that New York, like, New York comics are funnier. They're better comics. They're more ballsy. Yeah. They're, like, here it kind of gets a little more preachy and stuff, mm-hmm. but we're better at doing yoga and having crystals and stuff, and I'm True. more about I'm more about crystals and sunlight and stuff. Funny is great, but I'm not, yeah. I'm not super invested in... But also all those New York comics sound the fucking same, too. Like David Tell? I guess. But David Tell, to me, is a is a different thing. Because yeah, he invented it. Yeah. Also, I think David Tell's got some skeletons. Oh, he's got to. About. I think he's uh, got some heavy ones he hasn't even talked about. I don't, Midget skeletons. <laughs> I, I hear about it. I want to play some music now that's not just this. This is a three-hour yoga music. You know what's really easy to find? Um, if you type in spa music or yoga music. It's, there's fucking ten. I swear to God, there's like an alternate universe that produces this sound. <laughs> that we're just like, all oh, right, open the funnel. It's just this. Listen, to this is all the same. Like, what the fuck is it's this? It's so easy to be an ambient music composer. Just like pull up one thing and. Do you think someone composed this? Or do you think a computer did this? Like, listen to this. We're an hour in. What's the difference? Nothing. We're two hours in now. Same. I think it goes up. It goes up a whole step every hour. Here, I'll jump around. Do you know what I love doing with that? You're just pressing one, two, five, right? I love pulling up a stand-up set, like I don't know, like Chris D'Elia or something, and then just hitting a hitting a number and making a DJ set out of a comics set. Here we go. Girls get drunk, man. With no pants, no pants, no pants. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> I was like, just they don't even think about what they. Just they don't even. Just they don't. Even, yeah, you gotta have that refresh time. Like if it's a little bit off. 
banger right there <laughs> let's play some real music though oh so what's your morning like if it, my morning is like this okay uh, i think naturally now i've been waking up about 7 30 um if i don't try to wake up 7 30 to wake up do you have to go film stuff why are you waking up if, at I'm, in, if I'm in production i tend to wake up like have to wake up at least 5 30 probably which i like if i'm in but a lot of times like this show i'm working on right now it's like i don't have to work every day the nbc one yeah so no, what is it uh it's called i feel bad i feel bad mm -hmm. for is it because i heard it's just called i feel bad yeah, right uh -huh. Cool. It really is, which I used to think was stupid, but now I'm like, it's so weird. It's like, what a great name for a show. Yeah. It's like a, basically a normal TV show. I'm surprised it hasn't been come up with before. Yeah. I mean, because if you think about it, there's a lot of, it's so weird to think about this, but uh, there's so many things on that show and just the nature of it. It's based on this book by, I can't remember her name, this really brilliant writer, um, I'm gonna look it up. I feel like I should say it because I don't. I don't want to not. Ayn Rand. Her name is Orly. Um, her name is Orly Oslander, and she's a Jewish woman from New York. Already. And she wrote this. It's like a book of illustrations that she wrote about how she feels guilty about stuff, and it's called "I Feel Bad All Day, Every Day About Everything" by <laughs> Orly Oslander. And it's great because she's basically saying like. She got tired of feeling guilty about things she shouldn't feel guilty about, but she did feel guilty about them. So she made this book of his little kind of – they're kind of crude drawings, but they're still – they have a tone that's nice and they look cool. And she just draws all this stuff about how she feels bad about it. And it's cool because she like – I don't know. She's like um, – you know, you're process, processing that guilt by yeah. saying it out loud. And I always think about – there will be like a theme for the episode. And I'm like, dude, I feel bad about that shit. And what? A, how stupid is that to feel bad about something? It's just what a fucking waste of time to yeah, feel bad we, about. Yeah, we have a lot of shame. Feel guilty for whatever. You ever hear Brene Brown's rap about shame and guilt? Not the rap. I think oh. I don't know if she's talking about guilt. I think the TED talk, right? It's the famous one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like shame is I or guilt is I did something bad. Shame is I am bad. Yeah. And I think if you're just constantly feeling bad and you didn't really, you know, you didn't hit someone with your car, it's call shame. them an asshole for no reason on their birthday. Yeah, it's it's shame. It's inherent bad, and shame yeah. doesn't lead to you bettering yourself. Guilt no. does, but shame doesn't. And she went to school for it, so it's true. Okay. Yeah, that stuff, I find it to be so, it resonates so much that I almost, it feels kind of uh, almost hacky because I'm like, this is strange how much this resonates and it's such a simple idea, but it's, I mean, it's fucking true. You feel bad about stuff. How stupid is that? Yeah. Oh, I almost fucking yeah, the broke story. this mug. I said I wasn't going to break. <laughs> yeah, I explicitly said, I'm not going to break this mug and I literally almost fucking broke What's it. What's so special about it? It's uh, just it's got nothing. flowers on it. It's just someone else's it. mug. Like, it's like a dollar given to someone mug. else. But yeah, it's the the story that we're walking around all day and telling ourselves like the the number of things you tell yourselves that are negative versus positive. It's if you could see it like and color code it on on that wall there, it would be ridiculous how much red there is as oh, opposed yeah. to green. That's a good idea. That's true. Yeah, there's way too much fucking red. Any more blue? Yeah, blue. Probably blue. Blue, green. Oh, let's play some music. Sure. What music should I play, Ramin? 
Um, do you want to uh, hear? Do you like? I, I want to surprise like. you. And I was surprised yesterday that you and Kroll brought up Birdland by uh, Jocko, yeah, I which I don't want too. you to play that because you did that the last right. episode. But I, I won't I, play it. I love that. Sorry. This is just a segue. Wagwan, this and I don't you know. Wet vision by the man called Hugh Roy. 1970. All the way from Kingston. Do you like uh, Steel Pulse? Um, I don't honestly haven't listened to them much. Okay, pull up, pull up uh, Steel Pulse, Live in Legacy, Bodyguard. Why? Just, I don't know, it's reggae and it's fun. Right, I'm just gonna, I was more of like a, it wasn't like a real why. I was more just like, like, what about this? Why should I play this song? I'm trying to think of this. It's got great horn arrangements. It's got great harmonies. Living Legacy is the f- is the song. No, that's the album, and oh, the song, song is Bodyguard, and it's the okay. live version. Stop I've got a lot of live versions. Bodyguard, for you. live. Here we go. Here it comes. Is this it? Is this it? No, that's not the version. But okay, fuck. This is it. This is it right here. There we go. Okay. This is music. I want to hear like uh, Bob Seger singing over this. Have you seen them live? Yeah, it's fantastic. It's gotta be. Yeah, just, they're so tight. And what I love about, or something interesting about reggae bass lines is there's no fill. It's just, and that's harder to play than than doing a fill every few measures. Like staying with it and staying in that pocket. Are you a bass player? Yeah. Oh, no wonder. I was gonna ask you about your guitar camp too. Well, actually, I studied bass, not guitar. You went to bass camp? Or well, it was guitar camp, but I, I studied Which one? Victor Wooten guitar camp? No, it was called the National Guitar Summer Workshop. It was in Toronto. Oh, interesting. Yeah. How did you end up there? Well, I don't know. My friend found it, and we all signed up together. And our parents paid for it, and they shipped us up there. Hell yeah. I've always wanted to go to one of those, but it's just it was, never happened. It was, the greatest, it was one of the greatest weeks of my life. It was like hanging out with adults who act like children. That's cause so cool. They're called musicians. You know it's, what I mean? It's all it's all different ages too. It's mostly like kids from like probably like early teens to like all high school and middle school basically. So to quote Mark Marin, who are your guys? Who are my like guys? Base, base who are, so who are your guys? Well, that's that's tough. Okay, I would say. You guys Larry? You like Larry? Larry Larry Clark? Graham. Larry Graham. A little bit, because only because he played with Sly and Thelma Stone. You, you ever hear a little more of this real quick? Sure. I want to play you something that I think I should have played last week, but I didn't. Um, Jaco Pastorius, from his self-titled album, Crisis. I think I've played this before. I think I may have played this before. But this, I got into Jaco because the teacher at NGSW, Drew Waters. What's up, Drew? Taught me about Jocko. I never even heard portrait of Portrait of Tracy? Not Portrait. Portrait's an obvious one, I feel like. This is one called Continuum. Oh, yeah. I think about this song a lot. 
they used this on the uh, beginning of the, the um, dock. The dock, I think, or the trailer. It's very Jocko. Yes. So warm. But to me, Jocko is not. Jocko is one of my favorite musicians, but he's not like my favorite bass player. I think he's probably not. In the terms of a bass player, this is sacrilege I'm about to say, but I think Jocko is kind of, in a way, not a great bass player. Like, in terms of playing with a band, he's too up front. Like, a lot of times he's too in the front of the music to be a as good of a bass player as someone you want to be in your band. Like, someone like fucking, like, Paul Chambers in, like, a jazz setup. Like have that you heard Joni Mitchell's Shadows and Light? I think I haven't heard that. Should I listen to Yeah, that? listen to, um, okay, uh, crap, what's it called? All the Way. This one? No, let's listen to the Joni Mitchell one. Okay, Free, is... Free Man in Paris off the Shadows and Light album. This has got Pat Mahaney, Joni Mitchell, and... Well, I just gotta say, one time I went to a Pat Metheny concert, and it was miserable. Really? It what year? It was bad. <laughs> like, ten years ago. <laughs> Boring, was, or what? I've never left a concert in my life, but that's when I did. I left that concert because it was boring as death. But I think it's because Pat Math- Pat Metheny, you know about his whole thing, he, how he hates Kenny G? I just saw Shadows and Light. This is it. Yeah, it's not Shadows and Light. Is no, it? it's not. It's off. Yeah, because Jocko needs to be in it. Jesus Christ, man. You're making it so difficult. The ones that come Because we're talking about it fitting, and I'm interested yes. in your take on this because this is, live, this is right? him. Live? Yeah, live, okay. and he's doing a lot during it. If you listen, he gets yes. really busy, and I'd be interested in hearing if you think it fits or not because I think it's great. I think here's the thing. When I was younger, I really. All right, here it comes. Turn it up. Okay. The way I see it, Matching her voice, which is really strange. Yeah. I was a free man in Paris. I felt unfettered. That's super fucking weird. Nobody was calling me on for favors. No one should do this. Those chords. Yes! This is so cocaine, baby. Oh yeah, 80s. I think early 80s. Pre, pre-AIDS 80s. Yes. That guy, no ass. So skinny. So much coke. <laughs> this is great. I love it. Breakdown was worth it. I deal in dreamers and telephone screamers. <laughs> I don't know what it is about this. What I do it for. It's not if funny. It's just like it, it, it is though. Yeah. But it's not. It's not, I don't think it's super, uh, it's good, it works for the song, I think it does. I know what you're saying. Yeah, so, there's uh, a different style that's not like, it's not Larry Graham. It's not fucking Larry Graham, 
on like um what's like a, a classic it's slash like, song yeah like um, like this shit this is obviously the most heard song in the whole entire world but how did they come up with the lyrics to this it's crazy Like the break, the bass breakdown on this shit. Where, where is it? Where is it? This shit right here. This is the heaviest oh, shit of all time. Here it comes. I'm gonna add a little good talk Freddie Stone. And make it to move your Sly's feet. brother. What's well, on the other channel? It's com- It's coming through there though. Some bottom, so that the dancer just Here it comes. That fucking fuzz on that shit? One note, too. It's not doing anything. It's one note with the thumb down and then it's staring up. That's, that's, you know what that is? It's fucking criminal, dog. It is. Have you heard Release Yourself by Graham Central Station? I haven't. Check out Release that? Yourself. That's a great bass line. And he invented slap bass. He How did. ridiculous is that? Normally someone invents it and then people build upon it. No one's really, I mean, they have. Have you heard the, uh, the do you know the story? Why he, how he came up with it? I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, yeah, his, uh, they didn't have a drummer. He was playing with his mom as an organ. Can you imagine that? Being in a band with your mom. No, not you're, in a billion you're, years. You're in a band with your mom. You're like a probably, how was she? She's probably like 13 or some shit. Yeah. A band with your mom. They couldn't find someone to play. Uh, was it drums or was it? Drums, or, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't find a drummer. So he basically, he's like, oh, I'll be the drummer and the bass player. Fucking ridiculous. And he's singing on this, too. The irony of slap bass is that it became so cheesy. Yeah. And people just hear Seinfeld. Yeah. This definitely has a slide feel. I can appreciate it, but I don't love it. Oh, really? It doesn't I don't hit love you? It. I don't love it. I do. I get into it, but there's some there's certain funk stuff that I just find to be too. It's so fucking busy. It goes back to that whole like virtuosic, virtuistic, whatever you say it. Like the whole. Anytime there's like someone being praised for their 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 virtuos virtuosity in music, I just like instantly I'm out. Like, oh, like Carter Beaufort of Dave Matthews Band. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want it because it's not about the music. It's about the person's ability to play. It's like like you're praising the truck driver, not what they're delivering. Like, I care more, like, which is cool, but it's like a stuff, to me, it's more like, it's like kid stuff. Like, there's oh, there's places for both. He can play both. 1, notes a minute. It's Al Dimiola. <laughs> he played the most notes of any album. Check this out. It's like, it's like okay, we get it. You fucking, you're still a bartender, okay? Like, Jesus Christ. It's just like it's so, 
surface. It doesn't have. It's, there's no depth. Sometimes I think to to virtue to virtuoso. There's like there's no depth. It's like yeah. you get like a fucking ten year old who can play something like it's. Oh look at that kid. How old are you, dude? You're fucking eleven. Whoa, bro. It's like well yeah he's eleven because all he's doing is just playing. And tons the, of notes. And there's the nothing, path was already carved for right. him. He didn't invent there's that. There's nothing behind it. There's no, it's not like, look, this is something like Lester Young. You know, that saxophone play Lester Young? No, I don't think Lester I do. Lester Young is, he used to play like back in the day, back in the day. <laughs> oh, you know, back in the day. Wait, he didn't just start playing right now? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is probably the best example I have of Lester Young's uh, ability. He played on this uh, Billie Holiday version of All of Me that she recorded in like... I don't know what the fuck year this was, probably 38 or something. But Lester Young's whole thing was that he played, he wasn't like Charlie Parker, he wasn't a bop player. Charlie Parker's obviously wonderful. But he wasn't a contemporary because he played tenor. Lester Young played tenor. Thank Parker's alto player. You like Train? Not yes. the band Train, but Coltrane. Yeah, I like Coltrane, dog. Of course, dog. Do you like Train, the uh, band? Excuse me, do I like Coltrane? Yeah, dog, of course. <laughs> but I gotta play this for you. This is the thing to me that kind of like reset my caliber for quality and skill. Let's see, we're just gonna hear the, we'll hear the horn solo. Okay, here it comes in. It's like it's it's so vocal. It's what he's saying. He yeah. could have played three times the notes. He could have been like, but it's so like effortless. He used to win contests all the time. People were like, what the fuck? How the fuck does he do that? There he's was contests back then. Yeah, it'd be like uh, there used to be a lot of contests. There was like singing contests in Jamaica. Like any any Jamaican singer you know, they probably came up as a young, a real young guy doing singing contests. Like there's this guy John Holt who sang for the Paragons, which is like with the Probably the number one, number two uh, rock steady groups in Jamaica. He would win all these singing contests. Same with like Gregory Isaacs would win a lot of singing contests. But they would have horn contests too. And Lester Young would always win and people would get pissed off. Like like Ben Webster and always his contemporaries would get pissed because he, was, he wasn't doing anything. He wasn't so being the, flashy like them. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. being fast and flashy. He was winning by just being solid and... Uh, musical. Yeah, he and, zagged when they zigged. Yeah, or he didn't. He didn't zag. He just stood still. Yeah, he <laughs> just was. They're I heard to... that. Uh, this is also from Joni Mitchell because I didn't know Jimi Hendrix, but she would talk about how because we didn't get to see Jimmy evolve past burning his guitar and past the band of Gypsy stuff. But towards that point in his life, he didn't want to dance around and wear crazy colors and set his guitar on fire. He was so sick of it, and he just wanted to do, like, stoic, standstill, like, yeah. big band stuff. And he didn't get to because, of course, he died. But right. it was interesting that, you know, we see him as that, and 
like he would have that version of him would have died anyway because yeah. he would have been on to the next thing. He would have died. Oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. So like, he kind of he that died. version of him would have been dead anyway. Right. He had already been the next thing. So and we have these people like, yeah, I like Hendrix, but you know, I just when he stopped doing that, I like the early stuff. Dude. Like, you know, <laughs> it was real, real wild, man. I just love that wild shit. Do you like Prince? <laughs> Do you get into Prince? I kind of um, I, this is again like you keep hitting these moments where I have to be like honest and say no, that's good. I'm trying to I'm trying I to just, find places where we don't I don't love Prince yeah. I like Prince uh, the person a lot but his music is something that I've, I've never been like really like I like some of the new power generation shit just because it's so fucking cool sounding have you heard but, chlorine bacon skin should we listen to that yeah it's that a funny like one a, that sounds like fucking Zappa it kinda no not it's not like Zappa but, but it, it has a Zappa Prince? title oh this is from Crystal Ball so this is good shit yeah it's just funny yeah, what a, yeah, what a nice breeze motherfuckers Prince is, I mean, he was an alien. He wasn't from America. He wasn't from the United States. He wasn't from the world. No, not this one at least. Not this Prince. Oh my God. Just, I love the, the bass sounds so flat and dead, but it's so funky. Like all the comments on that, if you're looking at YouTube, it's like, congratulations, you found the deepest, funkiest part of the internet. <laughs> this has 497 views. Hit me. Is dedicated my first wife. Uh, name is. Uh, this is killer. This is fucking. This reminds me more of Parliament than anything. Yeah. Or Funkadelic. Straight stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's what, 15 minutes long? Yeah, it's long as shit. <laughs> Let's see how long it goes here. Okay. This is the middle of the song. Jesus Christy Christ. Isn't Crystal Ball like a four CD album? Yeah. I think it is. It's one of those things that used to really cause problems at uh, used CD stores back in the day. Yeah. It was like, how do you price it? How do you put it out? It's a circular box. It was tough to find for a long time, but nowadays nothing's hard to find. Yeah. It's all just there. I mean, there's some stuff that's hard to find, but it's become so hard to find that it's like a thing where you can't even find it unless you have the LP. And if you have the LP, you're probably a fucking kook. Uh-huh. Probably a crazy person who lives in the woods. If you've got an LP of this thing that no one's ripped yet, that hasn't been ripped yet. Wasn't it fuck? like 80% of, of vinyl hasn't been digitized or something? But no that way. Might, you saw that somewhere? Uh, that, that's something I saw like in 2014. So who mm-hmm. knows if it's still true. They might have had an AI that figured that shit out. And... There's probably a lot of stuff that isn't worth digitizing. <laughs> 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 is there, can, where can people find the stuff that is yours that they should they, they want to share? 
Like what? What stuff? You know, like, uh, like my site. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. everything I like. Everything I I post everywhere is uh, on my site, which is at uh, roomienazer dot com, which is R A M I N N A Z E R dot com, and that's where you go on the internet to get all of your me stuff plus don't, this episode. Don't you have a book for sale? I do. I have uh, eight different books for sale. Two of them are coloring books. The other ones are. Uh, are uh, comics and uh, art artworks in uh, different books. One of them is called uh, After You Die, and it goes through the different Fuck, uh, yeah. uh, 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 scenarios of afterlife, 17 different afterlife potential scenarios. This stuff as, is so fucking cool, man. Such as uh, Oblivion, Heaven, Hell, Reincarnation. After You Die, I'm looking at it right now. This is great. This is a, These are like the ultimate gifts. I could see this. There's no person who wouldn't be like, this is cool. Oh, really? Good. Yeah, I think uh, if I was a person buying gifts, which sometimes I am, this is where I would go. One-stop shop. Naser.com. You say Naser, not Naser. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it goes either way. It's like in the Farsi pronunciation, it's Naser. And then I just go, I've been Naser my whole life. All my uh, cousins and everything also go by Naser. Do you speak Farsi? Yeah. Really? So you grew up speaking that? Uh, we call it kitchen Farsi because okay. it's like what you speak to your parents and grandparents, right. but I didn't really know other Persian kids because they just weren't around. This so. is in Texas? First Canada, then Texas. Where, in Toronto? Or no, in... actually, uh, close to Toronto, Sarnia, Ontario, okay. which is pretty close to Toronto. Then Edmonton, Alberta, then Alberta. Lake Jackson. Fuck, dude. Yeah, it's all the way to the, uh, uh, the left Cowboy coast. Cowboy country. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Lake Jackson, Texas, then Austin, Texas, then Los Angeles, California. And here is where it ends. Here we this, are. That's where it finishes. That's a great website. Go there. R-A-M-I-N-N-A-Z-E-R-D-O-C. No, dot, I mean, dot com. Dot com. <laughs> dot com. There's Doc! art. There's books. There's wear. There's pens. There's games. There's fun. All of those custom. Put it in the cart and make it busted. <laughs> I want to leave us with this. Something I've wanted to play for out here for a while. Hell yeah. This is a Booker T and the MGs album from 1971 called Melting Pot, which I think I've played pieces of before. But to me, this is just like the fucking... It never fails to be one of the greatest instrumental albums ever recorded. Pure instrumental? Yes, 100%. No, it's not. There was no... Actually, there's probably a little bit of screaming in the background. There's nothing else. Okay, I'll let it slide. Anything, anything else you want to leave us with? You know, no, that's it. It's been a pleasure. Uh, any ideas? I really enjoyed being on here. Do you want to say, is any idea, what's the thing you said again about thoughts? The two things to put in your pocket? Okay, so thoughts are causative. Everything that exists in your world, every situation, every object starts as a thought vibration first. That's yeah. where it stems from. So, your thoughts are causative. If you think good thoughts, you will have good. You will experience good. If you think uh, not helpful thoughts, your life will fall apart and around you will fall apart. Mm-hmm. But if it falls apart, that's okay too because suffering is grist it's for the mill. When the plane crashes, you just make a new donut out of the airplane. Yeah, exactly. Make donuts out of airplane. Ah!